Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live. Today we welcome Joseph and Vanessa Winter from Deadstream, which is now currently streaming on Shudder. So let's see, Vanessa and Joseph both wrote the script, Vanessa directed, and Joseph starred in Deadstream. I want to welcome both of you onto the show. How are you guys doing today? We're doing We're great. Doing good. Thank Thanks for having, having us. us. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I should say that we actually co-wrote and co-directed. Oh, co-directed. Okay, I don't. I think IMDb just has you listed as a director. I gotta double check that. So you guys co-directed. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, we're gonna get to Deadstream in a second, but you guys also had a segment in the very recently released VHS ninety nine, uh, which is a great, great uh, film anthology film that follows the VHS franchise. Vanessa, tell us how you guys got involved in the whole VHS 99 project. Um, it kind of felt like we <laughs> invited ourselves and I'll tell the, <laughs> I'll tell the story. It was actually, we were, um, in talk, it was early talks before Deadstream had premiered at South by Southwest where we had met Sam Zimmerman at Shutter, and, um, Joseph just kind of blurted out, we would love to do a VHS movie. <laughs> and um, we didn't think he took it that seriously. Um, but then we uh, we got an email from the producer uh, a few months later. And I think that they had had some other filmmakers drop out. I'm not exactly the story, um, are sure about the story, but then we got an official invite and we had less than two months to kind of turn around a segment. So it was super fun and exciting. So, Joseph, when you guys got that call to be a part of this, you guys started with a blank slate on that segment to Helen back. No story. You had to literally come up with something from scratch. Yeah, it was. So I didn't know if that's how it would work or if they would come with an idea and say, here's what's missing from this film, what we'd like you to do. But they didn't. It was actually like pitch us a couple of ideas that you're really passionate about and then ultimately tell us what you're the most passionate about. Um, so we did, we pitched them too. And the one that they liked the most, the hell one that we made, we just so happened to have really been like the most excited about that one. Um, and, and yeah, we just, we just kept like throwing out crazy ideas thinking that they were going to shut us down at any point or like, kind of turn the tone or whatever and they didn't they were just really supportive of what we wanted to do and it's one of the best segments in the film now you show us a representation of hell vanessa uh very vivid of uh, sorry vivid dark a lot of red what people would normally imagine hell to look like uh did you guys you know struggle to come up with that you know idea and how you guys wanted to represent hell um, I think both of our minds immediately went to medieval hell. Um, there's a couple artists. Uh, Bosch is one of them. He's, he's a medieval painter who portrays hell in just a very brutal but almost comedic way because of how absurd the torture elements are in hell. And because we're such practical effects creature fanatics, we just knew that we wanted creatures in hell. So we kind of just went straight to this classic hell landscape with just, um, I don't know, the most bonkers things that you could think of. Souls just being torn apart. And I mean, everything you could possibly think of. 
Here's a little funny question. I, I don't think the VHS franchise is over with. I think it's going to continue. But now we're moving into the DVD years. Do you think the next one is going to be called DVD-01? That, by the way, that's the first year I ever bought a DVD. So that's why I came up with that year. <laughs> I mean, VHS-99, I mean, you flip over to the new millennia. You got to, you know, that's when the flip over happens. But anyway... Your segment on VHS 99 was great. It was one of my favorite segments. And like I said, your representation. Uh, Joseph, just one last question on VHS. That character in Hell, the creepy woman sort of crawling around and leading the guys here and there. uh, What is she supposed to represent? Well... Um, if like, if it's deep metaphorical representation that you're looking for, it's pretty shallow in that way. We were just, we were just trying to figure out like, uh, she's a, she's a tortured soul. She's a tortured soul. That's, um, kind of on the bottom rung of the food chain in hell that we've established kind of this pecking order, but she's trying to move up. Like we looked at Mabel as she's going through a rebrand, a rebrand currently. So she's someone who like doesn't actually kill people, but wants to give the impression that she does. And when she talks about the legions, she has 30 legions. She has to think about a number to make up. And she has like she has a shackle hanging. She clearly just escaped from slavery. Yeah, uh, we just thought that's really funny. This person that's trying to rebrand as a big, powerful demon, but they just aren't. Um, and what that was actually one of the biggest challenges with the film is we had this character of tour guide is what we used to call her. And we didn't know if it was male or female. And um, it could have been really silly. Like there was a version of it that was really like uh, silly, like fantasy cosplay feeling rather mm-hmm. than like actual in universe. And then when Mel Melanie Stone, um, she told us she was interested in the role and we started imagining it as her, we were able to, working with her, like make it a more, um, I guess, like in-universe character, like something that didn't make it too cheesy, but but felt like it was actually appropriately silly and funny. I agree. Yeah, we, uh, we wanted her to be really repulsive, but she kind of brought the charm. Exactly. That's a, work, so that's she was great. That's exactly how I saw it as well. All right, let's talk about Deadstream, all right? Deadstream is about a self-professed coward, Sean Bruddy, played by Joseph over here, who basically live streams his whole life, uh, not really caring who he sort of offends or any of that stuff. Uh, Everything's sort of like a big joke to him. Now, Vanessa, when you guys were writing, uh, coming up with the script, uh, what would you say was some of the most important aspects of Sean that you guys wanted to highlight? Hmm, yeah, I think that uh, once we decided that he had a controversy that he was overcoming, um, we wanted to make sure that the audience really bought into how important his reputation on the internet was and just how far he was willing to go. Mm-hmm. Um, we really wanted to pull off that believability that even though he's a larger than life character, you still believe that he's put so much work into his channel and his followers that he really is willing to get pummeled by ghosts. I mean, that's not really a conscious decision, but when that's happening in the film, you're on board with it. Exactly. Yeah, it was important for us to make sure this was a like we started off with this idea of an influencer where we were like 
making fun of it, like didn't really respect it. Unfortunately, I regret that part of it. But as we dove into it more, it was so obvious that these creators, these really big influencers, at least a lot of them are really gifted comedians or mm -hmm. um, have some other skill that is the reason they have a big audience. And so it was like really challenging and really important to make sure that Sean seemed that he could actually have a big following out there, even if you didn't like him. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, now, Joseph, you bring a lot of comedic elements to the character. When you're playing a character like Sean, how do you balance the comedy in a very terrifying situation? That is a great question. So something that Vanessa and I have talked about recently is that um, on set, what I was thinking about the most was the funny. So I was like, even if it was a, a scary scene, I was in my head thinking about like, what's the delivery like that's going to make people surprised and then get a laugh or whatever. And then Vanessa was thinking more of like the execution and the the pace that was going to make it tense and scary. And a lot of this, I mean, of, of course we were aware of both when we were going into it, but my mindset was really in the funny and there became parts where it was obvious it can't be funny or it's not working, like parts that we thought would be silly and I would be doing a falsetto scream. Once it starts coming together, you just realize, oh, this is just stupid. It's not, it should be tense and it's not. And some of that we didn't find until post-production and test screens and then re-editing and dubbing my voice um, through ADR, mm -hmm. making it like, I'm not doing a falsetto scream here. I'm doing a more authentic scream here because it needs to stay tense and stuff like that okay i was gonna ask you some of the nuances to sean and i was gonna point out that scream uh if that's something that just naturally came to you or it was something that you guys had to really try and through trial and error to get right and it sounds like it was trial and error it was it was trial and error but i've always thought that joseph was hilarious playing a scared person <laughs> it was kind of like his gift that we we wrote some of the movie around so even though he's really hard on himself, I think that some of that, some of that is natural, but there, yeah, there was a lot of fine tuning and discussions about is this scene primarily funny? Is the joke the most important or is the tense scary moment the most important? And that was just kind of a battle that was happening during rehearsals and production and post-production. It was just always trying to find that mix. Yeah, and I know that my scream in Deadstream has become kind of controversial. Some people love it, a lot of people hate it. And, th but the thing is, what it used to be was very like, it was a lot more abrasive because as we shot it, it was a lot more falsetto screaming. Um, and like now it's in a few places, it's mostly like a Yelp in that falsetto range because we went in and we ADR probably 90% of those screams. Wow. So it's like what you're seeing now is a... Yeah, now the truth is out. He's got like 25 different screams, believe <laughs> it or not. A lot of nuance. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would love to know that. I know I do. Now, Vanessa, this movie, because Sean brings in so much gear and has so many different cameras, we see a lot of different camera angles and you're trying to maintain that live stream uh, feeling to the film. With both of you guys, I mean, how difficult was it directing that? And especially you, Vanessa, with the directing uh, Joseph being with him in front of the camera and you behind the camera and all those different angles and all that. How difficult was that? 
Well, to, to start with, we got really into it. Um, Joseph and I and our DP, Jared Cook, who's also a, a producer and post-production supervisor, basically we're all filmmakers. We put our heads together and we were like, if we were going to do a live stream, how would we do it? And so it started from a really real place of like, what kind of backpacks would we have and fanny packs and how many cameras would we want? And where would we want them? And so it really, we started with trying to get into the character's head. Um, and then, yes, it did get a little crazy during production. Um, Jared, the DP is so great. Like he's such a tech genius. Um, he created this board with like, we had, I think six different iPads on there using them as monitors. Um, the problem was action cameras are not up to cinema quality. Yeah. So playback issues or losing, they each have their own little internal Wi-Fi system and those were always up and down. Yeah. So that's for the real time monitoring, which wasn't reliable at all. So we hardly had that. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a huge challenge of just getting playback and actually seeing what we were filming. Um, but yeah, we were very committed to the universe of making it feel like a live stream and at least some some believability that this could happen, even though we took some liberties. Yeah, and for me, if I can just talk about that just quickly yeah, from my yeah. perspective, I was not expecting what it took to pull this off. Like I couldn't, it was very difficult to be in Sean's head at the same time being the camera operator and thinking like I have to pan mm -hmm. just like this speed across here while I'm saying this other thing. It was it was such a challenge. It was a, it was a very big battle, especially when once you get it right, the tech cut out or something happened and we'd have to do it again. Yeah. So the the movie was a very big technical exercise for all of us. I can imagine. That's why I asked that question. Uh now halfway through not even halfway through the film, uh Sean is met up with this unknown character named Chrissy, played by Melanie Stone again, by the way. Um, what is going through Sean's head when this creepy stalker fan just shows up at his location unannounced? Uh, he doesn't seem very concerned or scared after she explains how she finds him. We were hoping that people just wouldn't think about that too much because the reality is you would be freaked out if yeah. somebody did show up and you would react very differently and then it would become a completely different movie so we had to like we tried to to just have him like brush it off and just find a way to um like absorb that into what he was trying to do and so we invented the pull of figure you know the fans wanting her to stay and him having to embrace that i think we tried to uh build in some like suspension of disbelief in the fact that he had just seen a ghost and yeah. so as weird as a fan showing up would be, there was still some relief that it wasn't a monster. It was somebody of flesh and bone, at least to him at that moment right. in time. Yeah. Now, Vanessa, when it comes to the creative process between you guys, I, I've interviewed a, you know several uh, husband-wife uh, creative writing teams, directors, actors, and so on. How does an idea go from an idea to a script? Uh, what kind of process do you guys incorporate? Because everybody's process is different. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I would love to hear, I would love to hear the other answers. Um, yeah, we, we usually uh, pitch an idea to each other while we're brushing our teeth or something. And if the other person likes it, then usually they'll re-pitch it, but different. 
So it's like we just kind of rewrite each other's stuff and then whatever doesn't get rejected ends up kind of like rising to the top. Yeah. And then once that happens, um, the script the script part gets pretty formal. Is you that get... before even a word is written on a, a page or anything? You guys just go back and forth with ideas and then For a when long you time. Yeah. We're very slow in actually putting words on the page usually. Like we we go in the idea stage for quite a long time, just like going on walks and Yeah, we both kind of have to fall in love with it. I think that's kind of the tricky part of being a duo. It's like we both kind of have to fall in love with it and find our way in um, before we're ready to get serious enough to write it. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, Joseph, live stream horror has become very popular over the recent years. Um, what inspired that direction as opposed to like a found footage type direction? Well, the original version of it was live stream, but the version in my mind was that it wasn't real time. It was um, the guy was filming himself for a live audience, but it was edited and it was supposed to be a boredom movie. So it's like he's there overnight and it's just jump cutting around to him eating chips and yeah. just like doing boredom things. And then eventually something happens. So that was more in the found footage vain vanessa came in wanting it to be real time like honor the the live stream thing i thought that's going to be impossible to do that and have some of the gags that i want to lead up to like a gearing up sequence because i was thinking like how do you in real time have a montage yeah. with music playing but then when we figured out how we could actually do that like he has a tape player and he's playing music and then could we in real time go around and like gearing up in a believable way or at least earn the audience that they're there with you when you're doing that and we thought we think we can then it just became it just became fun it wasn't like a strategic thing for us it just became like it felt like the right way to tell this story okay now i'm going to throw this question out and any of you any of you can pick this up if you want now each year millions of people are getting into ghost hunting um do you think Sean truly believes in the paranormal ghost, the afterlife, or is he poking fun at people who take this seriously, TV shows and whatnot? In my mind, he was 100% sincere. I think that his, uh, his gimmick of I do things on my channel that scare me um, was real. I don't. So I imagine that he he was very superstitious and afraid of ghosts and that was always part of his character for me yeah so we've talked about this um as his backstory where he gets his information about death manor from his mom because mm -hmm. his mom is very religious and very into the paranormal and that's he had that upbringing and she has like he believes his mom and like her in my mind she claims some spiritual sensitivities like things like that so i think he's 100 percent sincere at the beginning of the movie where he's saying like he hasn't approached the ghost thing before because he believes in it mm -hmm. and that's how he was raised i think that's legit now when it comes to shooting any movie particularly horror movies location is very key especially a haunted house film how did you guys find your perfect haunted house setting. So that oh, we're was so lucky. Very, very lucky. So we knew we were painting ourselves into a corner with this house. It was in the script. It was. It had to be a certain geography of like 
where the hallway is laid out and all the bedrooms. And we knew we can't find this and it's not going to be in the woods. There's no way, but it needs to be for the story. And I, I just put on Facebook, like, does anybody know of houses like this? And I showed pictures of abandoned houses. And there was one that popped up that's about 30 minutes from our house where we live in Utah. And um, we drove out, we found where it is. We drove out and saw it. It's out in the middle of some fields. So it's not in a forested area, but fortunately in the back there are these, there's a cluster of really big trees. And so we figured out that at night we could shoot between the trees and then match that to a wooded area a few miles away and it would look like it was in a forest. So that was really fortunate. And also when we walked through the house, it wasn't in a condition to film in, um, but- We were so heartbroken when we first saw it because it was so beautiful and just the wallpaper and even the tagging was mm -hmm. kind of colorful. It just had so much character. Um, but then we got to the second floor and it was so dilapidated that all the interior walls had fallen down and Most parts, of the, parts of the ceiling were missing. And we're like, oh man, we're just not going to be able to do it. Um, but then we ended up meeting with a contractor who kind of helped us like re um, reinforce, reinforce some yeah. of the, the dangerous areas and then brought in our production designer and we built almost all of the walls. Actually, some of the walls on the second floor are made out of fabric. Um, and uh, ended up working so beautifully. Sorry, yeah, I, I didn't mean just to gonna, say, I didn't no, mean no, to tell no. you The only thing off. I was gonna add is that when we were walking through, um, we discovered that what we call the master bedroom in the movie, in the closet, there was a secret room that went down to this. There's like a, it's like a walled off area that has those stairs that go down. and we just talked about that. Like we have to put it in the movie. It yeah. has an actual secret room. Yeah. Let's write it in. So that's where that came from. And, it, and there were things like that, that enhanced the script. It's a lot better now than it was when we originally envisioned the layout of the house. That's great that you guys got that house and you were able to make it work out. Joseph, towards the end of the film, Sean is sort of having his coming to light moment where he's apologizing all the crappy stuff he's done before to get views basically and the disrespecting of people homeless and whatnot and he mentions that in the beginning but before he starts apologizing that he do he doesn't think he's going to make it out of there alive do you think putting yourself in sean's head that he really believes that he's not going to make it out of there alive or is that him being a drama queen so here's the thing um, I think there are a lot of drama uh, influencers that are very dramatic and Sean does this, he overreacts to things, but it's not just an act, it's also the mindset mm -hmm. of the moment. So like he is being really dramatic, but I also think that that's what he believes. So in that moment, he's apologizing and humbled because he's actually feeling like I'm actually going to die there's a really good chance he gets distracted from that the moment he sees his views ticking upward or something that he thinks like that was awesome i hope that was caught on camera and then his mind shifts over yeah. to performance mode now vanessa uh you mentioned practical effects earlier there's a lot of practical effects props when especially when it comes to the creatures that we see in the film uh tell us about that how'd you guys were you happy with how it came out? Uh, what was that process like? 
Uh, it was so fun. It was the funnest part of making the film. We were so lucky to be able to partner with Troy Larson, who designed the creatures, and Michaela Kester, who did the makeup effects. And sometimes Melanie Stone was in makeup for like six hours when it was super hot, and she just worked wonders on that character. And um, luckily, both of those guys are just really big horror nerds, <laughs> and they just immediately caught the vision of the kind of comedy that we wanted to bring to the monsters. Um, so immediately, they were throwing in like ideas about different gags. Michaela had this great idea for this kind of black goo stuff that like just kind of makes an appearance throughout the film, and Troy was a big part of inventing some of the gags. Um, especially the cop that slides down the barrel. He had been wanting to create a a monster that had got a hole blown through it. So it was kind of like this back and forth thing of like figuring out what could justify that and like coming to the potato gun gag. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was definitely crazy. The filming, those practical effects, those were super long days. I think Joseph was sitting in a bathtub for 14 hours or something um, trying to get those shots, but yeah, it was it was definitely born out of passion and so happy with how they turned out. I got to tell you guys, talking to you for the past 25 minutes and listening to your commitment on the project itself, it's no surprise on how successful that stream has become and your site and your prior work as well, VHS 99 and beyond. You guys are really committed to the craft is I guess the best way I can put it right now and hats off to you for that I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just sharing a little bit about Deadstream VHS 99 guys the movie is called Deadstream it is streaming right now on AMC plus slash shutter uh it's a great horror comedy and a whole bunch of other stuff that we can't quite fit into words but check it out you're not going to be uh, upset you watched this film. This movie is funny. It is scary. You guys did a great job. I want to thank our guests, Joseph and Vanessa Winter. I want to thank our audience, those of you who are tuning in live and those who will be watching this later on. Uh, before we go, is there anything in the future that you guys are working on right now that we should keep an eye out for that you can talk about? Nothing we can talk about, but more horror. Okay. That's... And Probably more comedy, most likely. That's awesome. We can't wait. I know I can't wait. Thank you so much for coming on here, guys. Thank you to everybody watching. Until next time, on behalf of Joseph, Vanessa, and myself, stay safe, stay walking. Good night. Oh, it is night. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>